Welcome to Beth and Jordan Rewatch. I'm Jordan, and I'm a nerd. And I'm Beth, and I'm also a nerd. For our show, we will rewatch TV shows and movies that Beth and I have enjoyed and try to look at them with a fresh perspective. And for this season, we'll be watching Vikings, which I have seen before, but will be Jordan's first time watching the show. This week, we're covering the season one finale of Vikings. We begin today's episode beginning with the recaps. We're recapping the end of season one, the series finale, only nine episodes in. Uh, but you know, Beth, I have to say, feels like freaking time. <laughs> <laughs> what, you actually like your TV shows to look like they're setting up a plot? Don't be ridiculous. Right. right. No, God, this episode was so much better. But I guess this isn't <laughs> ratings time. This is recap right, time. Right, right, right. Uh, so I guess sticking sticking to our lane here. So, <laughs> recap time. Ah, recap time is the time of the show where Beth, uh, with her amazing powers of summarization, uh, recaps the entire forty-four minute episode over the course of un minuto. Uh, and I usually watch and admire. And so, Beth, with all of that praise being heaped on you, are you ready? Let's do this. All right. For those of you, you you guys can't see this, but Beth basically had uh, a look of deep surprise on her face <laughs> while that happened. So, I'm uh, sorry, I forgot that was running. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, here we go, Beth. In three, two, one, go. All right. So Ragnar is going off to talk to Jarl Borg in Gotland, Gotland, whatever, um, to try to negotiate for King Horik. But then he's like, oh, wait, I don't actually have power to negotiate. You're not like bowing to his will. So going to be here while we send Floki back to be like, hey, so are we allowed to negotiate? Meanwhile, they kind of go off to this great ash tree on like a pilgrimage thing. Um, Come across a beautiful young woman bathing in the water. And Ragnar gives her a test with some riddles and she passes and comes back and they kind of hit it off, which makes Bjorn unhappy. Um, on this part of the A plot, eventually Floki comes back from hanging out with King Horik and is like, hey, you can't negotiate. And they're like, okay, cool. Uh, we find out that Oslag is pregnant with Ragnar's kid. Um, and then on the B plot, while Jarl Borg and Rollo are kind of just hanging out, um, Jarl Borg tries to convince Rollo to join him. And eventually he says, yes, C plot, there's a big plague coming through uh, back in Kattegat and a bunch of people die. Good, with five seconds to spare. <laughs> that was pretty good. There's a lot going on. I forgot about the C plot until the last second. It's like, shoot, there's a C plot. Oh no. <laughs> no, I was just saying the C plot's a pretty it's a pretty big stinking deal. Uh-huh. Especially considering what's going on in the A plot and then what's going on in the C plot. Yes. And it's just like mmm. Uh-huh. Yes, it's so good. And now we begin with the the main feature, the ultimate part of our segment the analysis where we talk about what happened in the episode where we're going character development finally <laughs> finally character development what you like your shows not to just be a series of things happening <laughs> plot to plot to plot to plot yeah that's that's how i love my shows um ah it's so refreshing beth um to finally have crap happening like within characters um, and I talked to you about this off, off mic, but it's, you know, it's kind of disappointing, but it somewhat got motivated by the fact that we have characters making really stupid decisions, mm -hmm. but at least this time, the stupid decisions are actually like creating good plot pieces rather than just the, the evil mustache twirly bad guys. <laughs> just like, oh, I make stupid decisions because I'm evil. 
Um, so I think we have to start with that with that a plot. Um, you know, with Ragnar going off. Um, you know, he is going to um, Earl. Oh, frick! What's his name? I'm I'm the terrible at names. Uh, Jarl Borg. Or yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Borg. Yeah. 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 Because I kept thinking of the Star Trek Borg, so that's that's gonna uh, be right. Yep. Yeah. Whatever. The the <laughs> the man of the land of goats. Um, I still love the name of that name of that country. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so we're off to the man of the land of goats. And, you know, it seems, you know, it seems, you know, like a good, a good meeting at first, you know, they're obviously by now Ragnar's name is carrying weight. Even Jarl Borg, like recognizes the name, knows the respect and everything that is owed to him. Um, and we kind of get, and, you know, we kind of get our first little bit of tension in there between Rolo um, and Ragnar because Jarl Borg offers an incredibly, like, by our the audience's standards, probably an incredibly reasonable offer um, to diplomatically solve this problem. Um, and of course, Rolo's just like, yes. And Ragnar's like, uh, not sure I have that ability. Let me check in on that. Um, and, you know, thus begins the whole path to will finally Rolo and Ragnar end this uncomfortable alliance uh, between them. Um, so I guess... Do you, want, do you want to do Ragnar or Rolo first? So I guess it is A oh. or B plot. Uh, we can start with Rolo, just because yeah. I feel like he does some interesting things. So what do you feel? So what do you feel about? Because we we've talked about Rolo in the past, and most of our conversation about Rolo in the past has been like, screw Rolo, yeah, <laughs> screw, screw you, Rolo. How do you feel about Rolo's plotline this time? What were your big like? What do you feel about him as a character? What were your takeaways about that? Well, first off, like he doesn't immediately cave into Jarl Borg's offer, which mm -hmm. like granted he's a scumbag and we figured he's going to, but at first it's like, Oh, okay. Like maybe he won't betray Ragnar who is physically and metaphorically leaving him behind again. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like literally is like Rolo will stay and like leaves him behind, which, which Rolo literally like looks and is just like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because I feel like, yeah, it's like it was like a physical, like he leaving leaving him behind, but also probably playing on Rolo's like fears and thoughts that I'm being overshadowed. No one will remember my name; they'll only remember me as so, like Ragnar's brother. That's what I have to give Jarl Borg credit for. I mean, I, I think I wrote, yeah, I even wrote down in my notes like he knows how to push those right buttons, mm -hmm. um, which is you know again. And I don't, it's hard to call Jarl Borg like a villain antagonist, yes, because he's going against what we want, what our protagonists Which want. Which a lot of times we prefer, anyways, right? Right. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Let's have a decent antagonist, not a villain. Let's have an antagonist, somebody who is, you know, somebody who is competent, um, but also somebody who, like, I don't know, his stories are, you know, I as an audience member feel sympathy for Jarl Borg. And then. But he also is clever enough to press the right buttons to to get at to get at Rolo, which everybody knows how to do for Rolo, which almost makes me think that he gets drunk and just starts talking about how much he hates his brother, because <laughs> <laughs> like, everybody Probably. just pushes on that, and it's like, hmm, either he's like the most obvious person in the world, or he's just like telling everybody, like, oh, by the way, <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, some of it comes with the territory, like if you have a powerful family, like relationship between siblings is likely going to be um, fraught with trouble. Um, True. 
you know, the only, you know, the only one so far we've seen where that's uh, not quite the case is oddly with our mustache twirling evil king of Northumbria. Um, but, you know, aside from that, you know, with powerful, you know, brothers and all that stuff and in each of them having an ability to claim the throne. Yeah, I suppose um, it's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. And, and I don't know. And it, and it is a trope. Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not exactly something we as an audience are unfamiliar with. Um, but I do like, like you said, I like that one Rolo doesn't give in right away. And two, like I can feel and see the logical conclusion that Rolo comes to. Like when he decides, you know, by the end to betray Ragnar, because because of how they did this, because they made Jarl Borg sympathetic, because they because he's pushed these buttons and we've developed this throughout the episode. So in other words, we have a well written episode. For once. <laughs> I'm I'm so sorry. Like I, anyway, but like we have a good, well written episode. Um, it like so when so then when Rolo does ultimately make the decision in the end. You know, we don't feel like, ugh, Rolo, what an idiot. We're kind of like, yeah. Like, Makes I get sense. it. Yeah. So it was probably one of the episodes where I was least disgusted with Rolo, even though he probably made the biggest betrayal he's done, you know, yeah. enti- throughout the entire series. Yeah. So, like, we've been harping on him for like bad decisions and like going behind Rolo's back. But yeah, this one, like it feels justified. Like we understand where he's coming from. And right. that just, again, well-written episode. Yay. Yay. It's finding it putting in the finale. <laughs> yeah. It only took, it only took eight tries, but by the ninth try, they got it. <laughs> um, and so I don't know. I feel like that, that kind of sums up Rolo's plot line. Well, and, mm-hmm. and you know what, what's so beautiful about it is it isn't a fascinating plot line to go into season two is Rolo and Jarl Borg on the same side um, as compared to King Ho- King Horik and Ragnar, like like vassal and lord, brother versus brother, um, and, and who are all, who are in both situations vassals and lords. Like it, it sets mm-hmm. up for neat dynamics um, to go into season two. So and it feels authentic. It doesn't feel like it was a forced um, dynamic. So. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad Rolo got a satisfying little plot line there, even though yeah. I just dis- even though until this point, I've despised his character. And we still kind of do. Or I still, still kind of do. The royal we still kind of does. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, we despise I think we despise him in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. Or just because we remember what he did for the rest of season one. Um, so that being said, let's now take the other path. Now we chose we chose the ra- the Rolo fork in the road. Let's now backtrack and go down the other fork in the road. Yes. Yes. Ragnar, who kind of like I wrote down. I think Ragnar at this point in the story is a little bit. Um, what was my exact wording? He is too caught up in his own legend. Mm. Like. This very much had a had an Odysseus or like very like epic um, sort of feeling to it. Like, oh, the go- you know, we're gonna go see the tree that holds up the world or the sky. I mean, we're gonna, you know, who knows? We could see, you know, like the gods or goddesses among. And here, here mm-hmm. he meets this one, this beautiful woman, 
Um, a princess who, and the daughter of the shield maiden Brunhilda. Like. Yes, exactly. Like so, and who who acts as a temptress, um, and which is like it's just all these like tropes of epics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the- he's shown time and time again. He's a very like Macbeth type figure, right? Like he gets told his fate and he is going to run after it. Like. Yes, honestly, that Macbeth comparison we made last week was very much in my head um as we went through this um and not to drag this not to drag this out too much but i think before we jump you know to that you know him fulfilling his own prophecy it's interesting to me because this is the least i've hated bjorn as well Uh, (laughs) (laughs) episode nine (laughs) it's redeeming our characters um because you know it's i don't know bjorn actually serves a good uh like literary purpose or i, I don't know mm-hmm. like plot purpose i don't know there, there's a word for that there's a word for it but he serves a purpose you know um you know as the child of lagertha and ragnar like obviously he's gonna be a little bit pissed that his dad's going off and scootily pooping off with some other um, <laughs> with other women I, i'm stealing that word from from john green oh, uh, okay but that he's that he's often philandering off with other women of course he's mad about that yeah. And, it, and yeah, for, yeah. for 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 Bjorn too, I'm sure it's like he he loves his parents. Like he absolutely mm-hmm. loves his mom, he loves his dad. And to see his dad betray his mother like that probably makes him feel like he's also being betrayed. And like I can see that the be- that could be the beginning of like a rift between the two characters. Oh, I completely agree. Well, and and it's obvious that like you know, like the first so the first time he comes in like we or that um who's the princess? What's her Osl- name? Auslog. Auslog? Okay. Yeah. Um, the first time that Hogslog um, comes in, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I I did that on purpose. Auslog, the first time that Auslog comes in, um, uh, we see you know Bjorn, we see his frustrated face as they're off doing the deed, um, but then, you know, in the second episode where it seems like it seems like Ragnar has passed the test and you know is going to remain faithful, you know, we see Bjorn smile, we see it's all good. Of course, then at the end, oh, first of all, Odin's Raven comes in, which is an, which is which I thought was an interesting, interesting uh, time to, for us to see that symbolism appear. I wasn't entire. I'm still not entirely sure what to make of that specific moment, uh, but we see Odin's Raven appear to Bjorn, um, of all people, and then. And the moment where we see Ragnar make a, a terrible, like what I, I what I imagine is, I mean, obviously it's a bad decision, but it seems like one to me that will be a terrible decision. Like if I were to, if I'm to jump ahead a little bit on my predictions, and one that will definitely not be fulfilled like right away in season two, I would assume, um, but probably something that's going to cause problems in the distant future. Um, I would imagine. I I would predict. Um, so. It's, it's just interesting and the, and the way they shoot that whole thing with our c plot that we will bring in in a moment because <laughs> it's very it's very poignant and very good too mm-hmm. um but the fact that they shoot that last that last little bit with him making that fateful choice and with lagertha being the good woman that she is ah, we love her <laughs> like the betrayal is just stark mm-hmm. and Ragnar's oh. off canoodling and like for forging his own destiny with another woman, and she is back 
hacking up the pieces basically of what he yes. left behind. It's it's just so it's such a strong and and they throw in Rolos that you know that mm-hmm. last five minutes or whatever you know they they wrap up all three plots and it's all so momentous. It's so I I have to say this is probably to me the mo- the most I've enjoyed this the series so far was that last five minutes where all three plots come together and they kind of intersperse between them and mm-hmm. just show how everything's going wrong um and I, and I like it I like it so much um you just you feel it this is probably the first time in a while I've felt um any anything while watching this tv show which I, that sounds really <laughs> I felt anything <laughs> it made me feel I felt nothing before <laughs> And that sounds really drastic, and it's really not meant to be. But the emotional beats were just a lot better in this episode than they have yes. been in any other one. Exactly. I don't mean to sound so dramatic. I just truly, like, yeah, exactly. The emotional beats were so much better. It wanted me to feel things, and this time I did feel them when it wanted me to feel things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah. I don't. I think. I think that's. I think that's about. That's about yeah. all I really had for talking about Ragnar. Just again, caught up in his own legend. <sighs> And just making classic, classic, stupid Odyssey-like decisions. Mm-hmm. And so naturally, now we have to talk about Lagertha, who got who got pushed. I love her. I love her so much. <laughs> Lagertha. And and in this whole this whole C plot, so much happens. Um, I guess. Well, before we get into Lagertha's particular aspect of the story, I want to know what do you think about Siggy. What do you think? What do you think is? Go- what do you think's going through her head? What do you What do you think the show is showing us about her right now? Man, she's she's just lost everything, hasn't she? Yeah. Her like, her, her actions has- brought this down onto the or like her her visiting her cousin is what brought this all to happen. She lost her husband a few episodes back. Um, I believe that was her daughter that she was like crying over at the end too. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, it was. That was Siri. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she has she has nothing left. Yeah, and... it it is if for her. It is like that's what just got me because you know because I've been standing her as the as a as a, an actual villain as a Cersei Lannister style um, villain, and I will say that that took a little bit of a hit um, with this episode. I mean the the only comp, the only parallel I would say between those two is Cersei Lannister always loved her children, um, which obviously Siki does too. Um, but unlike Cersei Lannister, um, Siggy loves, loses her kids much quicker, mm-hmm. uh, and not while scheming. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As what they would see is like the will of the gods, basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because it's this whole plague thing. Like, you know, plagues have historically been, um, you know, usually a sign of the curse of God or the gods. Um, you know, it's usually something for something wrong that you did. You know, they, they literally offer a sacrifice, um, trying to assuage the gods. Um, and God, those, those scenes like with Siggy and with Lagertha, Mm -hmm. just seeing, just seeing how they have to be, well, Siggy isn't terribly strong, but, but, and not that I'm saying she's weak. I mean, she gets knocked out with this plague pretty early. Right. Exactly. Like there's not a lot of moments where she needs to be strong. So it's not, yeah, it's not a sign of weakness, Yeah. but for Lagertha who never gets the sickness and then has to watch everyone go down, watches Siggy go down, watches her daughter go down, watches her own daughter Gita succumb to it Mm -hmm. and Athelstan go down. 
Ugh. Can't even just, imagine that feeling of just like wondering whether you're going to be the only person alive at the end of all of this. Like, <sighs> and exactly, and the self doubt because like she is in charge. She mm-hmm. isn't. She is the one who has to make the decisions. She has to. You know, they don't show it, but to me, like something I always think about in episodes like that, or when you have a plot line like that, is a population is going to get very, uh, there's going to be some unrest. There's going to be, because, you know, because everything you're doing is not working. Um, And we, and, you know, we, with the benefit of some science and stuff like that, know that it's not her fault. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, like, you know, it's still your job. Like, it's kind of an unwritten rule that it's your job as leader to stop bad things from happening even if they are outside of your control. Um, and so she, you know, is just put in this impossible situation where she has to make, make this thing that's beyond her control go away. Um, and, and to me, it's just like this, the amount of self-doubt I would imagine her character has to experience, the amount of pain. And all of that on top of the beginning of the episode setting up her fears about her husband, Ragnar. yes. And she she has these premonitions that he's in danger, and the seer confirms them. And I think deep down she knows that the danger isn't really from an outside force. Like he says, like the seer says, it's from like the magical world or whatever. But really, like Roll is a threat to himself at this point, and I'm Ragnar? sure Lagertha knows. Or Ragnar, Ragnar is a threat to himself at this point, and I'm sure Lagertha realizes that. I think she literally says that. I think she literally says that. I think he's in yeah. danger from himself. Um, which is, yeah. And so, and, and yeah, and so that's just, you know, it's just another, mm-hmm. on, on the suck sandwich, it's just another. Lady's been through hell. <laughs> yes, she has. And, you know, and so what's going to happen in season two? Like, that's what, that's what I'm intrigued to see. You know, what's going to happen when Ragnar comes back? Because Ragnar is going to come back as full of himself as he is. Like, he's going to come back being like, yep. here, here I am off. I had my adventures. How, how's my home and honey? And then, Oh, by the way, here's a baby. (laughs) Oh yeah, that too. Um, and, and yeah, like, I don't, it'll just be so interesting to see what happens at the start of season two. Um, when they all come back, um, on top. So we've got, we've got the civil war about to happen and we've got the fallout from that. Um, it's just so beautifully done. And so, ah, this is such a it's such a good episode. And and our and our and our dear Lagertha, man, mm-hmm. man, just felt for her so much in this episode. And of course, Gita, poor sweet Gita. Oh, like, poor sweet Gita. The, she's the like, one... take care of Athelstan, like look after him. I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> the only one who had been kind to Athelstan is the one who dies. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, and, and and you know that's also effective the the show of the innocent being taken. Yeah. So, I don't know. All in all, Beth, I'll have to say the episode I probably enjoyed the most so far. Excellent. Now to conclude our episode, the last of season one, it's time to give our our final ratings um, as well as give explanations out of five stars with decimals allowed. Beth, for season one, episode nine, All Change, an episode whose name was kind of purposely weird, I guess. (laughs) What rating did you give it? I'm going to give this one a 
4.6. Um, okay. I think it's the highest I've rated one of these episodes so far. Still, I would think so. 4.6, 4.7. I don't remember. 4.7 we'll go with instead. But it's uh, it's phenomenal. Like, good character beats, good plot moving along. We see all of our characters interacting in meaningful ways without a lot of, like, fluff and fight scenes. So, <laughs> yeah, 4.7. And that was exactly what I was going to rate it to was a 4.7. Uh, I think neither of us have rated it. Like we both with our last one, when we did avatar kind of established 4.5 means good episode, like mm-hmm. really good episode. And then from there, it's just kind of like, you know, these unspoken brownie points that yeah. we, until you get to a five, which is like perfection incarnate. Yeah. Which is like the storm. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, but no, I completely agree. What a great episode. Like to me, like, I think like, the key things are, um, characters acting in character, but causing plot to happen. Whereas before it felt like very forced, even out of character things that would happen from time to time to force plot. It did not feel forced and it felt like interesting plot and it felt like people were acting in character. Um, and that, and the cliffhanger, the cliffhanger and character development. Oh yeah. And character development. That one thing <laughs> that you and I just like, we eat for breakfast. We love character development. It finally happened. So yeah, I agree with you completely. 4.7. What a great episode. Excellent. And now given that we're starting season two next, um, it's it's always hard as somebody who's never seen the show to kind of know how far in advance the show is going to pick up. So we've decided to do this a little bit differently and kind of have overarching season two predictions. So right. Jordan, what are some overarching season two predictions that you have? Sure. So I think these are going to range from the safe um, to the not so safe. Um, so one spoiler, I guess, um, that I just happen to already know is the fact that we know that a new actor takes over for Bjorn um, halfway through the season. Um, and so my first prediction will be that Ragnar will die um, at some point in season two. Um, it would seem very odd. I'm not entirely sure that that's a good prediction, but I'm going to go with it just because I know that Bjorn's character, our actor gets changed and that actor is like, 20 years older than, or like 10 to 20 years older than he is. So I'm going to go with that as my first prediction. Um, my second prediction is that, let me see, we got to get Rolo in here somewhere. What, what's, what's Rolo going to be up to these days? Um, I'm going to say Rolo survives the civil war somehow. Uh, I'm not sure how, Everything tells me that if he were to lose, which I think he will, there's no way he could live. But just for some fun, I'm going to predict that Rolo some loses the Civil War, yet somehow survives. Kind of like um, Ireland winning the Quidditch World Cup, but Victor Crumb grabbing the snitch. <laughs> um, and then my last prediction. Hmm. Lagertha. Let's, we got we to go do something with Lagertha. What's she going to be up to these days? In this season, Lagertha will successfully bear a child, a male child. I'm going to say those are my, those are my season two predictions ranging from somewhat risky to probably somewhat safe bets. All right. Well, we will see what will happen. Season two is a lot longer than season one was. So you've got more chances for this all to all to come true. Yay. Looking I... forward to starting the next season with you.
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Beth and Jordan Rewatch, where we rewatch our favorite movies and shows and discuss what we love about them. You can find all of our episodes on anchor.fm slash BJ Rewatch or on Spotify at Beth and Jordan Rewatch.